Gee whiz. Hello, friends. Welcome to this series of old-time radio show episodes called Gee Whiz. These are stories of the schemes, trials, and loves of the typical American teenagers, Andy Hardy, Archie Andrews, and Henry Aldridge. In this episode of The Aldridge Family, they allude to the old saying, If the mountain will not come to Muhammad, then Muhammad must go to the mountain. Then there's spirits of ammonia. It was a clear liquid that came in a small glass bottle. You would take a whiff of the fumes if you were feeling faint or feeling hysterical to jolt your senses, sort of like a slap in the face. This episode is from December 16th, 1948. And now the Jell-O family presents... Henry! Henry Aldrich! Coming, Mother! Yes, it's the Aldrich family, based on characters originated by Clifford Goldsmith, and starring Ezra Stone as Henry with Jackie Kelt as Homer. And yes, it's the Jell-O family, with its three famous desserts. Jell-O in those six delicious flavors... Jell-O puddings with that old-fashioned homemade flavor and Jell-O tapioca puddings. A miracle of goodness, a marvel of speed. For desserts that are delicious, boy, believe me, you should know. They are made by famous J-E-L-L-O. And now for the Aldrich family. A typical teenage boy like Henry Aldrich is as unpredictable as the weather. And like the weather, he can change in a moment from storm to calm. And usually, a whole household changes with him. The scene opens in the Aldrich living room. It is early Saturday evening. Sam, would you like me to put another log on the fire? No, thank you, Alice. I wouldn't mind a bit, dear. I know you like to be warm when you're reading. Alice, there's only one thing I really like when I'm reading. What, dear? Not to be talked to. Well, you won't have to worry about Henry bothering you tonight. He'll be out of the house the whole evening. And frankly, I don't know why one of us didn't think of it years ago. Putting him out of the house? No, dear. Arranging for the children to have a party at a different home each week. Uh. It'll be so much easier sitting in the kitchen one night every two months when we know that the rest of the time we can read in the living room in peace and quiet. We can? Of course, dear. Just as you are now. Yes. Elizabeth said she thought the idea was a stroke of genius. But I wouldn't go so far as to say that. Would you, Sam? Alice, I think your idea is wonderful. It's brilliant. It gives me an opportunity to read this book. Now, suppose I read it. Dear, you can't read it if you keep on talking all the time. (laughs) Mother! Yes, Henry? Have you been making any rag rugs recently? Any what? Rag rugs! Rag rugs! I can't find my maroon socks. Henry, your socks are in your top drawer. I'm sorry, Mother, they are, and I've turned my drawers inside out. <laughs> That's strange, because I distinctly remember putting them away. Alice, why don't you go upstairs and help him look? Well, while I'm doing that, will you please answer the phone? Now, wait a minute. Uh, Henry's perfectly capable of finding his own socks. But, dear... 
You answer the phone. Mother! Alice, Henry's calling you. What is it, Henry? The phone's ringing. Yes, dear, I know. Hello? Hello, is that you, Mrs. Aldrich? Yes, how are you, Homer? Okay, I guess, except for my arms. Your arms? They're just sort of aching from carrying a couple of armchairs out to the kitchen for my parents. But don't worry, they'll be in shape by the time Agnes gets here. Your parents? No, my arms. <laughs> Could I speak to Henry, please? Dear, Henry's in his bare feet, but he'll see you at your party in a little while. In his bare feet? Father! Goodbye, Homer. I know, but... Father! Oh, Sam! Yes? Henry's calling you. Henry, your mother told you where your socks were. I found my socks, Father. I had them on. Alice, do you think we should have his eyes examined? Dear, the only trouble with Henry is his body works faster than his mind. Father, what I can't find now is your tie clip. Now, stay here. Sam, I'll go look for it. You just go back to your book. Perhaps I should wait until Henry's mind catches up with the rest of it. Oh, my goodness. Hello? Mrs. Aldrich, we were cut off. Homer, what is it you want? I have to speak to Henry. It's very urgent. Just a minute. Henry! Yes, Mother? Homer wants you on the phone. I can't come now. I'm taking a bath. Dear, I thought you were all dressed except your feet. I was, but I just got shoe polish on me. <laughs> Hello, Homer? Is he coming, Mrs. Aldrich? No, he can't right now. Suppose you give me the message. Well, listen, Mrs. Aldrich, I've got some bad news. Our radio's just gone on the bum. Really? And we won't have anything to dance to. Homer, couldn't you play the piano? How could you dance to Home Sweet Home? Here, haven't you been studying for years and years? Only five, Mrs. Aldrich. And all you can play is Home Sweet Home? Sure. Gee whiz, I'm no child prodigy. <laughs> Homer, I wish I could suggest something, but... Well, as a matter of fact... How is your radio working, Mrs. Aldrich? Our radio? Oh, I'm afraid Mr. Aldrich wouldn't let that out of the house. Well, Mrs. Aldrich, did you ever hear that saying about the mountain and Mohammed? What's that? If your radio can't come to us, I'm sure the gang wouldn't mind going to your radio. Now, just a minute, Homer. I'm afraid that's out of the question. It is? And besides, it's your parents' turn to look after the party tonight. But neither of them plays the piano. Well, dear, would this help you? There's a neighbor of ours who has a portable phonograph and a complete collection of records. Oh, boy. I'll send Henry over to borrow them. You will, Mother? Okay, but will you tell him to hurry? Half the kids are here. Yes, Homer. And if we don't get something to dance to, I'll never get Willie out of the punch bowl. All right, Homer. Goodbye. Mother, you mean I have to start running errands at a time like this? Just over to Miss Spencer's to pick up her phonograph and records. Homer needs something to dance to. Boy, I always have to wait on him. Hand and foot. Dear, you're not doing this for Homer. You're doing it for your father and me. And I thought you were taking a bath. I decided I didn't have time. I'd only keep Diane waiting. Well, here's your overcoat. Thanks, Mother. Uh, dear, don't forget to put your gloves on. Okay. And have a good time. Thanks, Mother. You and Father have a good time, too. We will. Goodbye. Goodbye. Was that Henry leaving, Alice? Yes, Sam. Well, thank goodness. Oh, dear. Hello? Hello, is that Mrs. Aldrich? Yes. Well, well, I'm very sorry to bother you, but this is Diane. Diane? Yes, Diane Conway. I'm going to a party tonight with your son, Henry. Oh, of course, and he's certainly looking forward to it. Oh, so am I. And so are we. That is... Uh... Uh, but do you happen to know whether Henry is picking me up at home? 
Well, didn't he tell you? Oh, yes, he did, I think. But well, you know how when Henry tells you something, one minute it's perfectly clear, and the next minute, you know what I mean? Well, dear, I'm not sure, but he just left, and I was under the impression he was going to pick you up at your house. Oh, my goodness, he can't do that. Well, where are you now, Diane? Well, I'm waiting down here at the drugstore. Well, then, suppose you go back home and wait for him. But by the time I go all the way home, I'll miss him. Well... And I can't stay here. Everybody's staring at now, me. Now, dear, just calm down. I know what we can do. You wait right where you are. But Mrs. Oldman... It'll only be for five minutes. Goodbye. Yes, Alice. Will you please come here a minute? What's the trouble now? Here's your coat, dear. My coat? I'm not going anyplace. Sam, don't argue. You'll have to go down to the Haven's Drugstore before that child goes to pieces. What child? Diane. For the sake of our whole evening, Sam, you'll have to pick her up. Pick her up? And what? Dear, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. delayed, Homer, but I'll be right over to your place. But, Henry, I thought you weren't coming, and I talked everybody out of dancing. But, Homer, you... So what do you say we go someplace? After I've gone to all the trouble of getting you a phonograph and records? What records have you got? Well, I'll tell you. Listen, Homer, how would the gang feel about Schubert's eight? Who's eight? Schubert! Schubert! Yeah? His eight what? Symphony, Homer. Haven't you ever heard of the Unfinished Symphony? Listen, Henry, why would we want to listen to that? I know, but... Even Schubert wasn't interested enough to finish it. But, Homer, that's the only kind of records Miss Spencer has. Well, it's a good thing we're not dancing. Look, why don't we all go over to your place? My place? I mentioned it to your mother before, but I don't think she took the hint. Now, listen, if you're planning to go over to my house, you're crazy. What do you mean by a statement like that? Homer, my folks are going to have one peaceful evening at home if it's the last thing I do. Hello? Hello, Alice. Where are you? Down at the Haven's Drugstore. And Alice, what does Diane look like? Well, I'm not sure, dear, but I believe Henry mentioned something about blue eyes. What kind of a description is that? What's she wearing? Sam, I hadn't any idea. Although... Yes? It's pretty cold. She's probably wearing a fur coat. You think so? If she has one. Although, frankly, I doubt it. Alice, I'm coming home. Dear, you can't do that. Diane's waiting for you. She isn't waiting here. Then you better run over to Hilliard's drugstore and take a look around there. That's all the way across town. Sam, we can't leave a single stone unturned. Alice, how nice of you to fall. Elizabeth, do you happen to know what Diane looks like? Diane? Yes, Henry's girl. Sam's down at Hilliard's drugstore looking for her, and we haven't the faintest idea what she looks like. Oh, Diane. Well, as a matter of fact, Homer was talking about her at supper tonight. Really? What did he say about her? <laughs> he said she was a dish. A dish? Yes, dear. You know, a Lulu. Well, that's some help. Homer didn't mention exactly where Henry was to meet her, did he? Well, Homer claims that all Henry talked about was somebody named Schubert. Schubert? Yes, and the number was eight. Oh, and Alice. Yes? 
Well, since Sam is down at the drugstore and he has to go by here on his way home, do you think he'd mind picking up a quart of ice cream? I guess not. And a tube of toothpaste while he's at it? All right, Elizabeth. And, Alice, I still think this idea of yours is a stroke of genius. Uh, You mean about the party? Yes. Will and I can bear up tonight as long as we know that next week at this time we'll be in your shoes. Say, Charlie. Yeah? You see that fellow standing over there by the soda fountain? The one with his hat pulled down over his eyes? Yeah. Keep an eye on him. Why? What's he doing? Well, every girl that comes in here, he steps up to her, see, and stares at her. Yeah? What do you suppose he's up to? Wait a minute. I'll handle him. Oh, uh, sir. You there. Is there something I can show you? Uh, What, sir? May I help you? Why, uh, as a matter of fact, yes, I might want to buy something. Fine. Are you interested in reading? I was, earlier this evening. Well, then, how about a good book? A book? Uh, Why, all right. We have a complete collection of pocketbooks right here. Uh, Yes. You just look over the titles and let me know which one you'd like. Well, now, then, let's see. Here's one. Yes. Little man, what now? Diane, are you sure this is where that friend of your mother's lives? Of course, Henry. And she has positively every kind of record. She has, Diane? All popular? I'm sure of it, Henry. Oh, boy, Diane. It's a lucky thing I saw you waiting there in the Haven's drugstore. The only thing is... Yes? Well, either your friend's out or she sleeps awfully hard. Well, let's try the doorbell again. I've got a better idea. What are you picking up, Henry? Some gravel. Stand back, Diane. My goodness, are you going to throw it at the window? Just gently. Do you hear anything? No, gee whiz. Henry, I think we'd better give up and get to the party. Give up? Why, if I don't get some dance records, do you know what Homer's going to do? Why? Land right on top of my parents with all four feet. Really? Sure. Punch bowl and all. And can't you see what a mess that would make of their quiet evening at home? My goodness, Henry. I think you're about the most thoughtful boy I ever met. Gee, thanks. I'm going to have one more shot at that window. My, how many other boys would go to all this trouble? (laughs) Gee, thanks. Give me some elbow room, Diane. There. Oh, boy. Henry! How did that rock get in with the gravel? Alice, I'm calling to tell you this whole thing is utterly ridiculous. Now, Sam Diane's waiting for someone to meet her in a drugstore, and I promise But, Alice, it's getting embarrassing looking in the girl's eyes to see what color they are. But, dear... I've never felt more like a criminal in my life. What do you mean? At Hilliard's, they threatened to call the police. And at Marshall's, they came right out and called me a masher. You mean you've been to every drugstore in town? I have. Well, dear, is there a Schubert's drugstore on 8th Street... What's that? According to Homer, Henry talked about Schubert at eight. Alice, there's no such place. Dear, you'd better have a look. Now, wait. And while you're there, Mrs. Brown would like a quart of ice cream. Now, wait. And a tube of toothpaste. And you better get a dozen lemons, Sam, in case they run out of punch. Now, wait a minute. And now for some shopping instructions from Meredith Wilson and his talking people. 
But talking people, you've been talking about the Jell-O family since last October, and you're getting pretty darn good. Oh, sure. We can laugh together. Ho-ho! And we can cry together. Ooh-hoo-hoo! And we can shiver together. Starting with strawberry. Cherry. How's that? Well, uh, hardly ever. And nobody makes a mistake when they ask for the famous Jell-O family of desserts. No, sir. There's regular Jell-O puddings, smooth and luscious. And Jell-O tapioca puddings. Full of personality. And dimples. And there's Jell-O. The world's most famous shimmering dessert. So colorful for your holiday table. Uh, better have plenty on hand because Jell-O is easy to prepare and is so doggone good. Get Jell-O with the big red letters on the box in all six of those shimmering, delicious flavors. Starting with strawberry, cherry, lemon, lime, orange, orange, the troubles of Henry Aldrich. In order to ensure the quiet evening they had planned on spending at home, Mr. and Mrs. Aldrich are trying to get Henry off to a party. But the more they try, the further they get from their goal. The scene opens in Springer's hardware store. It is a little later the same evening. It is, operator. The line's still busy. Yes, sir. I'm sorry. Well, look, could you cut in on the conversation? No, sir. I'm sorry. But look, operator, it's only my mother speaking, see, and I'm her son. I beg your pardon? Her only son, see? And I know she'd want to talk to me. And we pay our bill regularly every month. I beg your pardon? Sure, so couldn't you please cut in? I'll try your number again and call you back. I know, but you... Hello? Oh, boy. Henry, you want me to wrap these for you? The only thing is, Mr. Springer, I should speak to my mother first. Now, look, when you got me out of bed to come down here and open my hardware store, you didn't say you were dragging your mother into it. I'm not, Mr. Springer. Gee, I wouldn't think of dragging her out of the house when she's spending a nice, restful evening. Oh, boy, excuse me. Hello, operator. Henry, is that you? Gee whiz, mother. Yes, where are you? Down at Springer's Hardware. And, and look, could I charge a small item or two to father? Uh, but Just dear... a window pane and some putty. Henry, what for? You mean you want to go into all the boring, uninteresting details now? Yes, dear. But I'm right here in the store with Mr. Springer in a nightshirt. Henry, you wearing what? No, it's Mr. Springer, see, and he's shivering. So won't you please say yes? Well... Gee, thanks, Mother. You can wrap them up, Mr. Springer. And another thing, Mother... Yes, dear? Well, I got sort of separated from Diane, see? You mean you found her? Sure, Mother, only I lost her again. When the window broke, we both had to run. So would you mind phoning her folks for me and see if she went home? My goodness. And then would you please phone Homer and tell him I'm practically on my way to the party. But, Henry... All I have to do now is repair a little something and find Diane and round up some records and then I'm all set. Hello? Hello, Alice? I'm phoning from Schubert's Delicatessen. Where? Schubert's Delicatessen. <laughs> it's on the south side of town. Dear, what are you doing there? What am I doing? I'm looking for Diane. But, Sam... 
And this ice cream is beginning to melt. Oh, mister. Oh, just a minute, Alice. Mister, did I hear you say you were looking for Diane? Why, yes. I'll tell her you're here. You mean she's... You mean she's... Uh, hello, Alice. Yes, sir. Alice, I found Diane. Well, thank goodness. Henry will be so happy. Just take her and the ice cream and the lemons and the toothpaste straight over to the party at home. Very well. And, Sam, I just phoned Diane's parents, and they're terribly upset. What about? Well, they thought she was lost. So will you please stop by a drugstore again and buy some spirits of ammonia for Diane's mother? Diane's mother? Yes, dear, she's been having hysterics. Good heaven. And hurry, Sam. Goodbye. Diane will be right with you, mister, as soon as she's through waiting on that table. What's that? Now, hold on. There must be a mistake. While you're waiting, what kind of meat do you like? Meat? Sure, Diane's boyfriends always buy something. I am not one of Diane's boyfriends. Sure, Mr. Sure. Now, what kind of meat do you like? on the edge of town, see, and I finally got some records. You mean you bought them? No, I got them on the cuff, on account of my face. Your face? Sure. The man said one thing about it, it's honest. Well, dear, that's fine. Then you're all fixed up. I am? Well, didn't I tell you? Your father found Diane. Sure, but, well, frankly, Mother, there's a slight new development. Henry, it's nothing serious. Serious? Oh, no. What is it? Well, brace yourself. Henry, what's happened? I just discovered I sort of lost Miss Spencer's phonograph. You lost it? Well, not exactly. That is, I have something else instead. What? A typewriter. Oh, my heavens. The case looks exactly the same, Mother, so you can't blame the fellow too much. What fellow? On the streetcar. The fellow who picked up my phonograph and left me this typewriter. Oh, my goodness. Henry, hang up. Hang up? I think I can catch your father at Diane's house. Oh, uh, excuse me, sir. Okay, mister. Don't do it again. Don't do what? Drip milk in the dirt. It isn't milk, it's ice cream. I got enough to do sweeping out these streetcars without people traipsing through and dripping milk. Well, look, look, suppose I just sit down here where I'll be out of your way. Can't sit there. Why not? That's the motorman's seat. I don't intend starting your streetcar. Just the same, you can't sit there. Company rules. All right, all right. May I just ask you a simple question? Last time a layman sat on the motorman's seat, there was trouble. Well, look, you have a lost and found apartment down here at the car barns, haven't you? It wasn't the lost and found. What wasn't? 
fellow run the thing right off the tracks and smack in the cafeteria. Look, I'm not interested in your cafeteria. It's closed anyway. May I just ask one simple question? I don't see why not. Well, now look. A little while ago, my son was riding on a streetcar. This streetcar? I don't know what streetcar. It doesn't matter what streetcar. The point is... Mr. Uh, yes? You're dripping in my dirt again. <laughs> I'm very sorry. The point is, he had a phonograph. On the streetcar? Of course on the streetcar. Can't play music on the streetcar. No. Company rules. He wasn't playing it. He was carrying it. That is, he set it down, and when he picked it up, he had a typewriter. Is that so? Yes. Sounds like a good trick. <laughs> oh, it was very simple. Someone else took his phonograph. I, I know a few good tricks myself. Take a number. What? Any number. Go on. Uh, now, wait. Uh, all I want to know is this. Was a phonograph turned in here this evening? A phonograph? Yes, belonging to my son. Oh, you're trying to find your son's phonograph. Yes. Why didn't you say so? You mean <laughs> there was one turned in? Oh, say, look at that time. Was there? Sorry, mister. Time for me to go home. What? You tell your story to the night man. I... Now, wait a minute. Can I move the footstool over for you, Sam? Or bring you your slippers? Uh, this is only one thing you can bring me. Yes, dear. What is it? A large spoon. A spoon? Yes. I'm going to eat this ice cream. Dear, you mean you didn't take it over to the Browns? Under the circumstances, I did not go near the Browns. But, dear, what about Elizabeth's toothpaste? All my life, I've wanted to eat a whole quart of ice cream, and now I'm going to sit here quietly by the fire with my book and enjoy myself. Of course, dear. Wouldn't you like me to bring you a straw? Never mind. I'll just drink it. Oh, here, you can take this out to the kitchen. What is it? Salami. Salami? Diane's boyfriends always buy something. My goodness. Alice, what's the racket upstairs? It's Henry, dear. Henry? Isn't he at the party? He can't find the party. They all left Homer's house for the Havens, and where they went from there, nobody knows. So Henry's up in his room, typing. Typing? He's decided to give up society and write a book. He has my wholehearted cooperation. But, dear, what are we going to do about the lost phonograph? Henry can pay for it when he sells his book. Now, Sam. Alice, we'll worry about that tomorrow. Right now, all I want to do is to sit back and put my feet up and relax. You go right ahead, dear. Ah. <sighs> Alice, don't move. But Sam, there's someone at the door. I know there is, but don't move. This is our quiet night at home. Yoo-hoo! Anybody home? Hello! Alice, who's that? I haven't the slightest idea. Here they are, George. <laughs> well, well. Hello there, Mr. Aldrich. Well, uh, uh, hello. Oh, Alice, this is Mr. and Mrs. Conway, Diane's parents. So glad to meet you, Nice to meet you, Aldrich. I don't mind telling you we were pretty worried about her for a while. But now that the children are all having such a lovely party over at our house, we felt we should drop by and say thank you. Well, you're quite welcome. And since we've never met you before, Mrs. Aldridge, Cora thought it would be nice if we really got acquainted. George, move that chair over a little closer. Uh, we thought the four of us could sort of have our own little party. <laughs> well. Yes. Well. Well. 
Isn't that grand? on Christmas Eve. Gee whiz, Homer, who'd want to do a childish thing like that? Okay, Henry, okay, but I'd just like to point out one thing. What, Homer? It may be childish, but think of all the extra surprise presents you get. Right, and say, here's a surprise package for your holiday meals. The new Jell-O rice pudding, newest member of the famous Jell-O family. There was never anything quite like it before. Jell-O pudding, the 10-minute marvel. All you do is add milk and boil gently for 10 minutes. No fussy mixing, no bothersome custard to make, no cooking for hours on end. And you get rice pudding so delicious, even expert cooks are amazed. Super rich, gloriously creamy, with real honest-to-goodness homemade flavor. You can have it plain or fancy, thick or thin, however you like it best. And once you've tried Jell-O rice pudding, you'll never make rice pudding any other way. So buy it. Try it. The 10-Minute Marvel... The new Jell-O rice pudding. Here's hoping you'll be in your living room and ours next week at the same time. Good night, folks. The Aldrich Family, starring Ezra Stone as Henry with Jackie Kelk as Homer, is written by Patricia Jowdry and Del Dinsdale with music by Jack Miller. Mr. and Mrs. Aldrich are House Jameson and Catherine Roth. And this is Dan Seymour in New York saying, The Aldrich Family is brought to you by the Jell-O Family. For desserts that are delicious, Boy, believe me, you should know. They are made by famous J-E-L-L-O. That was the Aldridge family, and now, the Archies. She's putting me through changes, good, good changes. She's putting me through changes, In this episode of Archie Andrews, they mentioned the stop-motion short, Tubby the Tuba. Once upon a time, there was an orchestra which was all busy tuning up. All but Tubby the Tuba. A fat little tuba, puffing away, but oh, so slow. Oh, what lovely music, thought Tubby. Here is Archie from November 27th, 1948. Hello? Hello, Judge. Hey, this is Archie. Come over right away. It's a matter of life or death. Oh, relax, Archie. Relax. The millions of readers of Archie Comics magazine know and love so well. Archie Andrews and all his gang. And now for our weekly visit to Riverdale. 
It's late Saturday afternoon as we look in on the Andrews, and we find Mrs. Andrews working around the living room. Every day I love you just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Oh, Fred, you're home. Yes, dear, I'm home and glad of it. Glad of it? Yes, Mary. I thought I was going to get some Christmas shopping done early, but you know something? What? I think everybody else in town had the same idea. Oh, dear, what a shame. Were the stores very crowded? Oh, no. Why, two or three times I went the way I wanted to go instead of the way the crowd pushed me. <laughs> oh, that's a shame, dear. But tell me, did you get any of the things you wanted? Uh-huh. I got a bow tie for Uncle Harry. A bow tie? Is that all? That's all. Well, where is it? Oh, I had him send it there. I didn't have the strength to take it with me. Oh, Fred. Oh, well, I didn't, Maria. Oh, I've never been so tired in all my life. Well, don't you worry, dear. As soon as you get some dinner under your belt, you'll feel better. I hope so. How soon do we eat? Oh, in about an hour. Oh, an hour, eh? Mm. Well, that's fine. <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? What? Stretch out on this couch and take me a nap before dinner. Fred, that's a good idea. A nice little nap will do you good. Oh, it certainly will. I'll go up and hang, hang up my coat and then go on up and get my slippers. And then I'm going to lie down on that couch and I'm not going to move for anything. Not for anything in the whole wide... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Poor Fred. Every time he goes shopping, he comes home a complete wreck. Oh, Archie, is that you? Yes, Mom, it's me. Good, I was wondering. Archie, what did you say? I said it's me. Archie, what's the matter with your voice? Oh, Mom, I... Can't you talk? Oh, Mom, I... Do you have a cold? Mom, I... Are you sick? Mom, I... Let me touch your forehead. Mom, can't you listen for just a minute? I tell you I'm not sick. Well, you certainly sound sick. I know it, but I feel fine, fine. The trouble is that I just came from the football game. Football game? Uh Uh-huh. Riverdale High played Middleburg. I guess I yelled too much. Oh, for pity's sake... Archie, you mean to say that you shouted so much at that football game that you lost your voice? Uh-huh. Oh, dear. Archie, how could you do a thing like that? Oh, it was easy, Mom. I just kept yelling, we want a touchdown, we want a touchdown. Pretty soon, no voice. No touchdown either. Oh, dear. Well, we have to do something about that right away. But, Mom, I'm okay. I really Archie, feel you fine. may be okay, but I'm still taking no chances. A strained throat is nothing to fool with. Now, you march right upstairs and gargle with some warm salt water. But, Mama... Archie, no buts about it. You go upstairs and gargle. But, Mama... Archie, gargle. Okay, I'll gargle. But you'd think I was six years old the way you act. Gargle. That boy, losing his voice at a football game. Sometimes I think he hasn't got the sense of a two-year-old. I better go make him some hot tea. Mary, I swear I have never been so tired in all my... Mary? Now, where'd she go? Oh, probably getting dinner, I guess. Well, good. House is nice and quiet. Oh, this couch feels good. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Good grief. What was that? could have sworn I heard something strange. Well, it's nothing, I guess. Oh, I must be tired when I start hitting... But heavens, there it is again. 
Mary! 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 Mary, there's something in the house. An animal. Fred. Or a bird. Fred. Or a parrot or something. Fred. It sounds like it's strangling. Oh, Mary. Fred, will you listen to me? Mary. It's only Archie. Yes, that's what I thought. I... Archie! Yes, Archie. Mary, do you mean to tell me that Archie is making that horrible sound? Yes, there he is. Well, how? He's gargling. Oh, good. For a minute, I thought he was... Gargling? Mary, what on earth is he gargling for? Because he's a little horse today. Sometimes he's a big jackass. <laughs> but what is he gargling about? Fred, you don't understand. I mean, his throat is hoarse. He went to the football game and he shouted too much and his voice is gone. Oh, fine. But what good does gargling do? I don't know, but there's no sense taking any chance with a strained throat and gargling might help. Oh, nonsense. I never heard of anyone gargling because he was hoarse. Come on through, Mom. Hiya, Dad. What did you say? I said, hiya, Dad. Look, Archie, maybe you'd better go back upstairs and gargle some more. Gee whiz, Dad, I just gargled two glasses full of salt water. See what I mean, Fred? Isn't his voice awful? Voice? That sounds more like somebody sandpapering a block of cement. <laughs> Gee whiz, Dad, I know it, and I don't know what I'm going to do tonight. Tonight? What do you mean tonight? Well, Betty's having a party tonight, and I'm taking Veronica. Archie, you're doing no such thing. Huh? You're not leaving this house until your throat's better. Not leaving the house open. Mom, I gotta go Archie, to the party. I don't care to hear about it. You're staying home tonight. Oh, Mary, let the boy go. It's only. Fred, a... I don't care what it is. I'm not having him come down with bronchitis or something. Oh, but Mom, be reasonable. Archie, your a... mother is right. I, of course I'm right. If he stays home tonight, he'll be all right tomorrow. But if you go out, Archie, you're liable to have to spend a week in bed. Mary, look, could you settle this argument some other place? Fred, it's not an argument. Well, Mary, I'm simply I... looking out for Archie's welfare. That's all. Mary, What's I the mother for if not to look after her son. Mary, all right. So it's not an argument, dear, and you're just looking after Archie's welfare, but if you don't mind, I'm trying to take a nap here, so would you please go be a mother in the kitchen? What? Take Archie out in the kitchen and settle your discussion out there. Oh, for pity's sake. All right, dear. Archie, I still say you're staying home tonight. But, Mom, Betty's expecting me, and I... Archie, I don't care who's expecting you. You should have thought of that when you found your... But, Mom, how do I know I can walk to you and my sister Oh, I'm glad that's settled. I don't know why everything has to happen in this house. All I want to do is take a nap and... Well, what am I waiting for? Oh, oh. oh that's better. Loses his voice at a football game. I don't know. Those kids are... Oh, fine. Archie, I thought I asked you to argue someplace else. I did, Dad, and I lost. You mean you're staying home? Guess so. Mom won't let me go out. That's probably the best way. One evening at home won't hurt you. Yeah. Now, I suppose so. If you don't mind, Archie, I, I'm trying to take a little nap before dinner. So oh, sure, Dad. As soon as I call Betty. Call Betty? What for? Oh, I gotta I, tell her I won't be at the party. Oh, man. All right, Archie. Call Betty, but be quick about it. Huh? Oh, yes, Dad. I will. Call Betty. I don't know. Number, please. Riverdale 647. Number, please. Riverdale 647. Oh, great, she can't hear me. Operator, I want Riverdale 647. Hello, sir, are you there? Yes, operator, I'm here. I want 647. Would you speak a little louder, please? Operator, I can't speak any louder. I want 647. What number do you want, please? I w- oh, fine. Dad! Thank you, huh? Dad, the operator can't hear me. 
Good. Number, please. But, Dad, I can't call Betty if I can't give the operator the number. Oh, Archie, what do you want me to do about it? Well, tell the operator the number for me. Archie, I'm trying to take a nap. Number, please. Just a minute, operator. Dad, just give the operator the number, and, and then I can finish the call. Hello? Oh, number, All please. right, Archie. Here, I'll give her the number. Hand me the phone. Yeah, here, Dad. Hello, operator. I mean, hello, operator. We want Riverdale 647. No, operator, there's something wrong with my son. Your son? Did you say your son? Yes, my son. You see, he... I can hear you now, sir, but it still doesn't sound right. All I can make out was something about your son. The operator, look, all I said was something about my son, and you couldn't hear me before because I wasn't talking. You still don't sound right, sir. Are you using the right end of the phone? <laughs> operator, look. I'm using the right end of the phone, and I'm trying to tell you what was my son calling before, and he has laryngitis because he... Never mind, operator. Just get me Riverdale 647, please. Yes, sir. One moment, please. Oh. Riverdale 647. Is she getting it, Dad? Yes, Archie. She's ringing it now. Here, here's the phone. Okay, Dad. Thanks a lot. Don't make me. Am I using the right end of the phone? How do I get into these things? I don't Hello? Know. Hello, Betty, this is Archie. I just Hello? Called. Oh, fine. Betty, this is Archie. I just Hello? called. Hello? Betty, this is Archie. I just called. Ouch! Oh, Betty. Betty, quit jiggling that thing in my Hello? head. Hello? Betty, I'm Betty. Hello? I'm Betty, wait, Betty. Hello? 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 Now what happened, Archie? Dad, Betty couldn't hear me either, and she hung up. Oh, fine. Archie, why don't you go over there and tell her? But, Dad, Mom won't let me get out of the house. Please, Dad, call Betty again for me. Archie, I'm trying to take a nap now, will you? But, Dad, i got to let Betty know I'm not coming to the party. Oh, all right, all right, Archie. I'll make the call for you. But, Archie, the next time you go to a football game... Yes, Dad. Keep your big mouth shut. <laughs> yes, Dad. Riverdale, 647. One moment, please. Riverdale, 647. Hello? Uh, hello, Betty. This is Mr. Andrews. Oh, hello, Mr. Andrews. Betty, I'm calling for Archie. Archie, oh, he isn't here. Oh, all right. Thank you, Betty. Th <laughs> Betty, wait. No. I I'm not looking for Archie, dear. I'm calling you because he can't. Betty, now listen carefully, and I'll try to explain. Archie has laryngitis. Oh, golly, he has? Yes, he has. And he can hardly be heard, but he wants to talk to you anyway. Oh, golly, put him on. Yes, Betty, I will. But don't hang up if you don't hear anything, because that'll be Archie. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here, Archie. Thanks, Dad. Interpreter for a case of laryngitis yet. I don't know. I Hello, don't... Betty. Oh, is that as loud as you can speak, Archie? Oh, yeah, Betty, and I've got the phone right close to my mouth. Can you hear me? Just about. What did you want to say? Well, just that I can't come over tonight. Oh, of course you'll be all right. No, no, I said I can't come over tonight. To the body. What? Body, body, body. Who's the smarty? <laughs> Betty, no, no, Betty, listen carefully. Mom won't let me out. Did you hear that? Yes, your mother won't let you out. Are you sick? No, I, I got this voice from yelling. What? I was yelling, yelling, yelling. Smelling, smelling. Who's smelling? <laughs> Betty, nobody's smelling. I can't come over tonight. What? Just a minute, Betty. Dad, would you... No, Archie, I would not. But, Dad, I just wanted... Archie, for the last time, I'm trying to take a nap. Gee, hello, Betty. Betty? 
Betty, I said, oh, Betty, Betty. Yes, Betty, it's me. Golly, Archie, if your voice is so bad, you better not try to come to my party tonight. I... Oh, fine. Betty, that's just what I've been trying to you say. You just go to bed and get well. Yes, And Betty. I hope you feel better real soon. Bye now, Archie. Oh, goodbye, Betty. Oh, boy, I never realized how important the voice is. Yes, sir. I say I never realized how important the voice is. Archie, that's a very interesting philosophy, but if you're all through calling Betty, please go upstairs. I'm trying to sleep. Oh, sure, Dad. As soon as I call Veronica. All right, and I... Call Veronica? Archie, do we have to go through all that again? I don't. Oh, great. Archie, go see who it is. Oh, sure, Dad. But i got to call Veronica and tell her, too. She's my date. Oh, great. Uh, Archie, if you're talking to me, don't. I can't hear you. Oh, okay, Dad, okay. Hello. Oh, Jughead, hi. Come on in. Okay, I will. What are you doing here, anyway? I just stopped by to find out how you like the game this afternoon. Oh, terrific. Yeah, I thought so, too. Yeah? What are we whispering about? <laughs> I don't know what you're whispering about, Jug, but I got laryngitis. Oh, okay. Laryngitis? You got laryngitis? Oh, good grief. Is that Jughead? Well, you expect to be the tuba? <laughs> No, Jughead, but I'd prefer him to you. Gee, what, I... what are you doing, Mr. Andrews? Taking a nap? Oh, Jug, I was Boy, tired. my mother never lets my father sleep on the living room couch. Jug, if he tries really... to, she's talking with a newspaper. Jughead! <laughs> Your mother and father are very interesting, but I'd rather hear about them some other time. Okay, when? Oh, tomorrow afternoon. With the Jughead! <laughs> I, I don't know. Just be quiet. Okay, okay. 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 Jughead? Oh, all right. <laughs> Archie, would you please take them out of here before I lose my temper? Oh, sure, Dad. As soon as I call Veronica. Uh, look, Would you Archie, take I... a minute, Dad? Oh, me. All right, Archie. Go ahead and call Veronica. But for Pete's sake, hurry up. Okay, Dad. Okay. Listen, Jug, I want... Archie, there's your tea, dear. Uh, my what? Your tea. But, Mom, I didn't ask for any tea. I know you didn't, but you should have some. It'll help your throat. Now, drink it down. But, Mom, i got to call Veronica first. I have to you tell... can call I... Veronica after you drink Look, your Mary, tea. Mary, 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 don't start another argument, dear. If he wants to call Veronica, let him call her and get it over and done with. Then he can take his tea upstairs and drink it there. Oh, all right. But I can't stand here holding this glass of tea all day. Here, Fred, you hold it. Oh, me. All right, Mary. Give it here. Get out! It's hot! Fred oh. Andrews, you dropped oh, it. Oh, No, boy. Yes. Oh. Yes, Mary. I know I dropped it. It was so hot, it nearly burned my hand off. That's the tea. Look, Mary, oh, I... Oh, the rug. Mary, I... my best glasses. Mary! Huh? All right, dear. So I spilled the tea, and I broke the glass. But you had no right hand to be anything so hot. But there's no sense standing here crying over spilled tea. Let's get it cleaned up. Oh, all right, dear. I'll get the broom and dustpan. But I don't know why you can't hold the glass. Well, I told you why. It was too darn... Oh, me, what's the use? What's... Uh... Well, what are you standing here for? I'm waiting to call Veronica. Call Veronica? Haven't you done that yet? Gee whiz, Dad. No, when did I have time? Oh, me, all right, Archie. Call Veronica. Okay, Dad, okay. Jug, I want you to call her for me. Huh? Jug, with this voice, nobody can hear me on the phone, so you call Veronica and tell her about my voice and that I can't make it tonight. Oh, okay, Archie. Okay, thanks, Jack. Number, please. Uh, Riverdale 318. One moment, please. 
318. Is she getting it? Uh-huh. Good. Remember to tell Veronica how sorry I am, huh? Hello? Hello, Veronica. This is Jughead. Oh, hi, Judge. Veronica, I'm calling for Archie. Yeah, he can't talk. He's got neuritis. He won't? Uh, laryngitis, Jug. Laryngitis. I mean laryngitis. That a boy, Jug. Laryngitis? Jughead, what are you talking about? I saw Archie at the game this afternoon. He was fine then. Yeah, I know. But he said to tell you he can't talk now and that he can't take you out tonight and he's sorry. That a boy, Jug. Oh, is that so? Uh-huh. Well, that's the phoniest story I ever heard. Oh, it isn't phony, Veronica. He really can't talk. That a boy, Jug. Oh, is that so? Well, if you ask me, Archie just wants to bring his date with me and hasn't got the nerve to say so himself. Oh, no, Veronica, he really has laryngitis. Attaboy, Judd. Well, if you don't mind, Jughead, I don't believe it. I don't mind. Oh, you don't? Attaboy, Judd. Well, if it makes any difference to you, I think Archie is just a coward and an inner two-timer. Huh? Now, listen, Veronica, you talk, can't talk about my friend that way. Attaboy, huh? Hey, what are you saying? Oh, I can't, can't I? Well, you can just tell Archie, Angel. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, listen, Veronica, if that's the way you feel, don't talk to him again. What? Now, Jughead, now, Jughead. Now, Jughead, 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 Jughead, what did you do? I told her where to get off. That's what I did. Think she can tell me you're lying and get away with it. No, sir. She knows now how I think you feel about her. She knows now how you... <laughs> she was. That was your date, wasn't it? Yes, Jughead, that certainly was my date. And what did you go into? I'll bet that you... how long is this going to go on? But, Dad, you don't know what Jughead just did. He, he got Veronica mad at me. Uh, Archie, look, I don't know who got mad at whom. But I do know I'm going to get mad at somebody if things don't quiet down around here. But, Dad, i got to call Veronica back and Archie, tell her you Jughead... can't but call I... Veronica back I... because she couldn't hear you. Now, why don't you be sensible about this and... Go on upstairs and write her a letter. A letter? Yes, Archie. You write her a nice, long, quiet letter, explaining the whole thing and apologizing for what Jughead said, and then Jughead can take the letter over to her, and everything will be fine. Oh, gee whiz, Dad, that's a swell idea. Let's go upstairs right now, Jughead. The broom and dustpan, Fred. I want you to sweep up that broken glass. Yes, Mary. Uh, Mary, what's all that other junk? Fred, this isn't junk. It's for Archie. Huh? This is some chest rub and a flannel cloth and some safety pins. A chest rub? Yes, dear. I want to rub some on your neck and chest. It'll draw off the inflammation. Oh, great. Mary, couldn't you do that upstairs? I'm trying Fred, to... Fred, don't be silly. It'll just take half a minute. But I want... Archie, open your shirt. But, Mary, Fred, I... please, I'm trying to fix Archie's laryngitis so he can talk again. He's making too darn much noise now. What? <laughs> nothing, dear. Nothing. Go ahead. Rub his neck, rub his chest, rub anything you want to, but get it over and done with. I am, dear. Now, you sweep up that glass. Archie, lift your chin. But, Mom, I don't now, want to... Now, Archie, don't you start giving me any trouble. This medicine will help you. Gee whiz, okay. Okay. Now, just take some out of the jar and smear it on your neck. There, now, rub it in. Mom, that tickles. Oh, Archie, stand still. Archie, 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 Archie,
Now, Archie, was that so bad? <laughs> I guess not. Of course not. You'll see that medicine will work wonders for your voice. It's wonderful stuff. Yeah, but does it smell? Subhead, <laughs> be quiet. And you can go upstairs. Oh, I'm glad that's settled. Maybe now I can lie down and get some tea. Oh, Fred, Fred, what is it? It bit me. It stuck me. It cut me. Fred, what cut you? She really sat on the safety pin. Get it. Kill it. Catch it. Uh, the safety pin. Uh, I sat on safety pin. Uh-huh. Gee whiz. Oh, shush. Huh? Fred Andrews, of all the ridiculous things, why don't you look where you sit down? Mary, my not looking where I sit down isn't half as ridiculous as you're putting open safety pins on a couch. Fred, I'm sorry. Well, I should think you would be. All I want to do is lie down and take a nap, and now look at me. Oh, that's all right, Mr. Andrews. You can still sleep on your stomach. <laughs> Just be quiet. Okay, okay. Okay. Now, Mary, is it asking too much to want to lie down for just a little while? Fred, it... of course not. Archie's going upstairs right now, and I'm going out into the kitchen. So go ahead and lie down. Oh, great. Come on, Jug. I'll write that letter now. Yeah, good idea. And call me if you want anything, Archie. I will, Mom. Oh, I'm glad that's over and done with. Oh, now if fate is with me, I might just possibly be able to take a little snooze. Oh, oh that feels good. Now, I... Oh, this I might have known. Mary! Mary! The doorbell's ringing. But Mary, I'm... Oh, me, I should have known better than that. I've never seen anything like this. Not a moment of rest. I... Hello, Mr. Andrews. Oh, fine. Betty. How's Archie, Mr. Andrews? He's loud. I mean, he's not so good. Did you want to see him, Betty? Uh-huh, if you don't mind. Oh, no, I don't mind. I'll call him. Archie! 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 Archie Andrews, would you mind answering me? Oh, fine. Well, Jughead, tell him Betty's here and wants to see him. I don't have to tell him, Mr. Andrews. He can hear all that. Oh, me. Well, then come on down, Archie. He's coming down, Mr. Andrews. Here I am, Dad. Hello. It's about time. Archie, what happened to the cloth your mother put on your neck? Oh, I took it off, Dad. It was itchy. Hiya, Betty. Hello, Archie. How do you feel? Rotten. Oh, that's too bad, Archie. But I brought you something. Oh, a present? No, a spray. A what? A spray for your throat. Oh. It's supposed to be wonderful for laryngitis. Open your mouth and I'll spray you. Oh, great. Betty, would you mind? Oh, this will only take a minute, Mr. Andrews. Go ahead, Archie. I Open your up. mouth. I give up. I absolutely give up. Huh? Uh, Betty, look, you and Archie and Jughead, you just stay right here. And you spray Archie. Spray him to your heart's content. Give him three coats if you like. But I am going upstairs. Well, Mr. Andrews, what about you now? Jughead, that's why I'm going upstairs. Now get back, good sleep down there. Gee, your father sounds angry, Archie. Oh, he'll get over it, Jughead. But listen, Betty, is that spray any good? Oh, sure it is, Archie. The doctor prescribed it for my father's laryngitis a few months ago, and it cured him in one day. Well, okay, Betty, if you think it's real... Go see who that is. Okay, I'll get it. Okay, Betty. Go ahead and spray it. Say ah. Uh, Here goes. Uh, <laughs> Betty, that's awful stuff. That's the worst taste. The worst. The worst. Gee whiz. My voice. It's back. Oh, golly, I didn't think it worked that quick. Well, I didn't either, Betty, but something fixed it. 
Oh, Betty, I could just... Oh, no, stop, stop. Oh, oh, Yes, really, we'll do it, Veronica. Gee whiz, you're talking English again. No, Miss Andrews, you have a laryngitis, have you? But, but Veronica, I didn't. And you'd be I... sick to keep your date with me. Well, well Veronica, you don't but understand. Not I have to be kissing this little, little flirt. But what's going on? Flirt? Who's a flirt? You are. I'm a what? Oh, is that so, you cat? Betty, will you... There, that's better. Now, listen to me, all of you. This nonsense has gone far enough. Too far, in fact. Yes, yes Mr. Andrews. Yes, dear. Yes, Dad. Uh-huh. <laughs> Half an hour ago, I decided to take a nap. But then, because my son had to yell his head off at a football game and lost his voice, I, I, I... Well, what did you say? I said because Archie was yelling, hey, oh, good grief, Mary. Now I've lost my voice. Oh, no. Oh, my God. back in just a minute. But first, ask a youngster under school age what he'd like to be when he grows up, and he's apt to say a truck driver or a policeman or a train engineer. But let your girl or boy get into his teens, and you're pretty apt to find his mind is on getting college training for what he wants to be, which is all to the good, only if you're the parents of children like that. Better join the payroll savings plan fast to make sure you'll have that money for college tuition. Yes, sir and ma'am, get going with that payroll savings plan where you work. You save something every payday, maybe a little, but something, and it mounts up. And the payroll savings plan is an investment as well as a savings plan. Buys your safe, solid United States savings bonds. Savings bonds that pay you interest at a great rate. Four dollars back in just ten years for every three you save now. Four hundred dollars for your three hundred and so on. So join now. The payroll savings plan where you work. Now, back to the Andrews. It's later that evening, and Mr. Andrews is still nursing his laryngitis. Oh, Mary, do I have to keep this stuff on my neck? It smells so... Now, Fred, it's the only thing that'll help. Betty's spray didn't seem to do you any good. Oh, me. All right, dear, all right. Mom, I'm going now. Going? Where's he going? Out, dear. Since his voice cleared up, I didn't see any point in making the boy stay home. Yup, and I better hurry or we'll be late. Late for what? Oh, I forgot to tell you, Dad. Betty canceled her party, and we're all going down to the stadium to see a nice football game. Oh, no. You've been listening to another chapter of The Adventures of Archie Andrews, written by Carl Jampel, and based on the copyrighted feature appearing in Archie Comics magazine. Archie was played by Bob Hastings, Jughead by Harlan Stone. Mom and Dad Andrews are played by Alice Uriman and Arthur Cole. Veronica and Betty by Yvonne Mann and Rosemary Rice. This program is produced and directed by Kenneth McGregor. Listen next Saturday for more of the merry adventures of Archie Andrews. This is Bob Sherry wishing you all a very pleasant weekend. So long. (laughs) 
Stay tuned for Meet the Meets, which will be heard immediately over most of these stations. That was Archie from 1948, and now a later episode of The Aldridge Family. This is from November 16th, 1952. Thursday, meet the new Plymouth. Thursday, enter the big Plymouth contest. But right now, Plymouth presents... Henry! Henry Aldridge! Coming, Mother! Yes, it's The Aldrich Family, written by Clifford Goldsmith, transcribed and brought to your family by Plymouth. Get set for a new kind of low-priced car. Go to your nearby Plymouth showroom Thursday. Meet the new Plymouth. Yes, the 1953 Plymouth is a new kind of car. First truly balanced car in the low-priced field. And what a difference Plymouth's true balance makes. A beautiful new look, a remarkable new ride. And Thursday's the day, the day your Plymouth dealer says, come on in and meet the new Plymouth. There's going to be a big Plymouth contest, too, starting Thursday. Your chance to win yourself a beautiful new Plymouth free or one of hundreds of cash prizes. Full details from your nearby Plymouth dealer on Thursday when you go in to meet the new 53 Plymouth. Families today are pretty much the same as families yesterday. Fathers and mothers and children never change very much from one generation to another. And the ever-present spark plug is always a typical teenage boy like Henry Aldridge. The scene is the Aldridge dining room. The time is morning. Could you please pass the toast, Mary? Another piece, Henry. Yes, please. And Father? Well? Could I please have another egg? Dear, that'll make three eggs. Yes, Mother. Henry, your normal appetite is rather frightening, but now you're eating like a man with a purpose. Gee whiz, I do have a purpose, Father. I'm building myself up. I'm on the debating team. You're on the debating team, dear? Well, I'm not exactly on it, Mother. I'm really just trying out for it. They're having the trials this afternoon. How did you happen to go out for debating, Henry? Well, it's it's just sort of the kind of thing that appeals to me. <clears throat> Mother, would it be too much trouble to open a can of sardines? Sardines for breakfast? Well, everyone says that fish is brain food. Isn't that so, Father? Oh, I don't know. I didn't keep them from getting caught. Aren't you going to finish your toast, Mary? Here, you can have it. Thanks. And will you please pass the marmalade? How much do you have to weigh to make the debating team? Well, I don't have to weigh anything. But I don't see any point in going to a thing half-heartedly. Well, dear, if you do make the team, I hope Aunt Harriet will come to hear you speak. She just won't believe her ears. Well, gee whiz, why should everybody be so amazed just because I'm anxious to improve my mind? I think everybody ought to improve their mind. No sense in overdoing it, though. Oh, I won't go overboard, Father. <laughs> On which side of the debate are you speaking? On which side? You have two sides, haven't you? Father, they don't even have a team yet. Do you really think you can make the team, dear? Well, I hope so, Mother. I'd hate to be doing all this eating for nothing. Though I don't think it'll be entirely wasted. Oh, would you excuse me, please, while I run upstairs and get some notes I've got to use? Yes, dear. Sam, I'm simply delighted. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if Henry made a good debater. He's sort of a chip off the old block. He has a quick mind. Thinks fast on his feet. Who do you suppose that is, Mother? Don't bother to come to the door, anybody. Is Henry through eating? Well, hello, Willie. Henry will be down in just a minute. How does he feel this morning, Mrs. Aldrich? Is he a little nervous? 
Why should he be nervous? Well, you know, trying out for the debating team. It can be pretty nerve-wracking. Well, Henry didn't act like he was nervous. He didn't eat like it either. Are you going to try out for the team, Willie? Oh, no. I'm on it. How many eggs do you eat a day? Eggs? Yes, to keep yourself in good condition for debating. Oh, I'm not on the talking end of the team. On which end are you? I'm the manager. What I really went out for was the track team, but my legs went back on me. What are the duties of a manager? Well, for one thing, I correspond. You correspond with whom? With all the other managers. We get together and correspond. Sort of write letters, you know. Oh, yeah. That's quite an accomplishment. I'm sure you do it very well, Willie. Yes, ma'am. I worry about it quite a lot. And you persuaded Henry to go out for the debating team? Oh, no, sir. That was on account of Ellen. Ellen? Yes, sir. Ellen Standish. What does she have to do with it? She's very pretty. And she's also on the team. I know who she is. Mother, she's that girl that can talk your head off. That's the one. Ellen Standish? She's very pretty, though. But she is the one that talks a lot. Sure. To everyone except Henry. And he figured that if he could get on the team, she'd talk to him. Well, that explains Henry's sudden craving for the finer things. Yes, sir. But she's pretty, Mr. Ulrich. It's been a great pleasure for me just to manage her. Ellen. Ellen Standish. Well? I am. Uh, I just finished my tryout for the debating team. Oh, did you? Sure. I thought perhaps you'd be glad to know I may be on the team with you. Are you going down the hallways? I'm going into the library here. Oh. Say, Henry, is that you? What is it, Homer? Hello, Ellen. I just finished my tryout. Are you going out for the team, too? Sure. We'll all be together. Oh. Uh, goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, Ellen. Ellen? Henry, they said you and I should wait in the classroom across the hall until the tryouts are all over. Okay, let's go in. Boy, I sure hope I make the team. Well, what subject did you talk about? Well, I talked about how I helped my mother grow tomatoes last summer. Henry, it isn't pronounced tomato. It isn't? No. In parliamentary procedure, it's tomato. Tomato? Well, who do you know that calls it tomato? Did you ever hear anybody talk about French fried potatoes? <laughs> that isn't the point, Henry. Common people call it tomato. But when you're trying to make the debating team, it's tomato. Hey, fellas, I got some great news for you. You have, Willie? Did we make the team? The faculty is in conference right now. I'll let you know as soon as they tell me. Hey, Willie, Willie. What were you going to ask him, Henry? Whether I could give part of my speech over. As a matter of fact, Homer, I know a lot of people who aren't common who say tomato. Well, Henry, all I know is that if I had to stand up before three members of the faculty, I'd be mighty sure I said tomato. Boy... The part that makes me mad, Homer, is I could have just as well said asparagus and been on safe ground. Hey, fellas, the meeting's over. What did they decide, Willie? Yeah, what? Well, one of you guys is going to be awfully disappointed. We are? Well, tell us which one it is. Now, listen, Henry, I'm the manager, and I'll make the announcement when I'm good and ready. Besides, it shouldn't make any difference to you how they decide it. You mean I didn't make it? No. They liked Homer's voice better. They did? No kidding. Sure, it carries father. They say they can hear your voice even in the last row of the balcony. Lucy Adams also made the team. Well, I gotta go back and attend to some correspondence. Gee, Henry, I'm sorry. Oh, gee, there's nothing to be sorry about, Homer. If you want to know the truth, I'm glad I didn't make it. With Lucy Adams on it and everything. Ellen Standish is on it. You know, Homer, we've been friends for a long time, haven't we? Sure. Well, I was just thinking... 
You've done a lot of nice things for me, so I'm going to do you a favor. You are? Sure. I'm willing to take your place on the team, just out of friendship, and I won't charge you a cent. Why? Well, don't you want to get off the team? When did I say that? Well, I shouldn't think you'd want to be on it. Hey, Henry, what do you think? What, Willie? You made the team. And I didn't? No, you're on it too, Homer. I am? Henry, that gets rid of Lucy Adams. No, it doesn't. She's on the team too. Well, whose place do I take? Ellen Stanish's. Ellen's? Ellen's? Yes, she just resigned. There, Homer, now do you see what you've done? It isn't Homer's fault. Ellen says she's entirely too nervous to debate. Hello, Henry, congratulations. Oh, hello, Lucy. Isn't it wonderful? Henry, I'm going home. But, Homer, haven't you heard? Lucy, you don't think debating is going to make you nervous, do you? Oh, no, I feel wonderful. I think I'll resign. Henry, you aren't going to resign just as we've got our first debate scheduled, are you? For when, Willie? Didn't you know? For a week from next Friday night. I've been corresponding about it since last August. Who are we debating with? Middletown High School. The subject is resolved. That the steam engine has contributed more to the progress of civilization than the horse. Well, on which side are we? The horses. We take the negative? (laughs) Sure. We don't believe in steam engines. Henry, don't you think the horse has done more than the steam engine? I don't know, Lucy. Henry, you don't seem interested. Lucy, I just don't think I'm going to be any good at this. If I can't convince myself, how am I going to convince a whole auditorium full of people? But that's the way I felt at first. Here, will you have a cookie my mother baked? No, thank you. They have fudge fillings. Fudge fillings? Well, I'll try just half of one. Here. Think of what the horse has done for agriculture, Henry. Sixty percent of the farms in this country still use horses. Is that right? May I have the other half of that cookie? Sure, here. And Henry, how did the covered wagons cross the plains? By horse? By horse. Our forefathers didn't know what a steam engine was. That's true, Lucy. And you always have cookies like this? Oh, of course. See how interesting it is? Well, it's beginning to show some possibilities. Now, excuse me for reaching in front of you. When you get through with those cookies, Henry, there are some more in the kitchen. Oh, my goodness, I wonder whether that's Willie phoning. Willie? Hello? Hello, Lucy. Oh, is that you, Homer? Yes, is Henry there? Henry. Gee whiz, what does Homer want? Here. Oh, Homer. Can't you get away from her, Henry? Not exactly. Boy, do I pity you. Do you know what I dug up in the library this afternoon? What? All about the Eohippus. The what The Eohippus. It was a prehistoric horse, and it stood less than two feet high. What was it used for? I don't think it was used for anything. But I think we ought to mention it, Henry. It'll show we dug into it. They had four toes. Four? Imagine. Henry, will you have another cookie? Sure, thanks, Lucy. Cookie? And Homer, did you ever think of this? How do they speak of a steam engine? How? By its horsepower. Sure. Boy, Henry, that's wonderful. Write it down, Lucy. And I'll write down about the Eohippus. Sure. <laughs> Mr. Chairman, honorable judges, worthy opponents. The subject we've been asked to discuss this evening is resolve. Henry, do you have to wave your arms? Was I waving my arms, Father? Go on. When we are through, ladies and gentlemen, it will be clearly seen that the horse is one animal that cannot be replaced. What time does the debate begin this evening? At 8.15. And boy, Father, we're a cinch to win. Where was I? The horse is an animal that cannot be replaced. Oh, yeah. 
What are steam engines made of, ladies and gentlemen? Of steel and iron and steel and coal. And, and how do they first get them out of the mines? I'll tell you how. It'll be a pleasure. Buy a horse. Father, don't you think that's going to knock him for a loop? I'm afraid it will. <laughs> I prepared this whole thing in a week. And what makes pulleys go round? Belts. And what are belts made of? From horses' hides. And what was the first machine ever made? A cart. And what pulled the cart? A horse. And how about Paul Revere? It's common gossip, known by every school child, how he saved America with a horse. And then, Father, I go on and I end up with a long speech about the Eohippus. The Eohippus? Yes, sir. It was a prehistoric horse that hardly came up to my knees. Don't you think it's pretty good? Well, it has one or two weak points, Henry. Yeah, but, Father, what you've heard is only one-third of our argument. We've divided it into three parts. I cover the horse as a historical contribution. Homer covers it during the present, and Lucy covers it from the female point of view. Henry, I've just pressed your blue serge suit for you. Thank you, Mother. And when you get up on the platform, don't turn your back to the audience. Why not, Mother? And the seat is shiny. <laughs> Henry, do you mind if I raise one or two questions? You mean there's something about my speech that puzzled you? Well, in the first place, iron is not hauled out of mines by horses, but by mules. Well, well, well Father, I don't like to argue, but when you get right down to it, a mule is sort of a horse. A mule is a mule. I could show you a book that says a mule is a horse. I'd like to see it. Well, anyway, I, I don't think that's the point, Father. The question is, which has done more for civilization? Well, supposing your worthy opponents remind your audience that the first cart was not pulled by a horse, but by a man. No horse? No horse. Not even a neohippus? No, sir. And supposing they mention the fact that very good driving belts are made not only from horse hide, but from cow hide. But, Father, you keep, you keep evading the issue. What I'm talking about is horses. All right, then let's talk about them. In what way did Paul Revere's horse help promote progress? Well, it stands to reason. If he hadn't had a horse, he wouldn't have been able to spread the alarm before the enemy came. Supposing he had to wait around until the steam engine was invented. And by what means was the enemy approaching? On horseback. In other words, it was a case of one horse trying to get away from a number of other horses. Therefore, the horses all cancel each other out and have nothing to do with the case. Did you say that again, Father? <laughs> Make it a little clearer? I'm a lawyer. I don't have to be clear. <laughs> Henry! Yes, Mother? you to go upstairs and watch. Already? Yes, dear. Dinner's on the table. Dinner? Well, gee, Mother, it's a funny thing, but all of a sudden something happened to my stomach. Well, what's the matter, dear? Have you lost your confidence? I just wish I hadn't gotten mixed up in this darn debate. Now, dear, you go upstairs and get washed. You'll feel better. Yes, Mother. You and Father aren't going to sit down in front, are you? We are. Well, don't do that, Father. Every time I see your face, I'll forget all about horses. Henry, please go upstairs. Yes, Mother. I feel just as though I were sitting on the guillotine. Sam. Did I overhear you criticizing Henry's talk? I, I was simply pointing out one or two of his weak spots. There's nothing wrong with that. Oh, my goodness, Sam. Now he'll just brood about it. You know how Henry is. I'll answer the phone. Maybe the debate's being called off. There, Sam, is a very good example of how you've unnerved him. Alice, I give you my word. I was simply trying to help the boy. Well, I'm quite sure that if I had to stand up before an audience of several hundred people, I wouldn't want my father to upset me just before I went on. Henry! Yes, Father? When you're through on the phone, come in here. Yes, sir. Sam, you're going to wear your best suit, aren't you? Just to go over to the high school? Well, dear, I bought a new hat. After all, we don't want to be a disgrace to Henry. 
And I do want Henry to win, if only because of that Ellen Standish. What has he done? Well, Mary heard that Ellen got off the team just because Henry was on it. She whiz is Lucy nervous. Poor kid. Well, don't you be nervous, Henry. Your father and I are trying not to be. What did Lucy call you about? Just to say she's so scared she can't eat her dinner. Well, you should have told her to have a cup of tea. That's all I'm going to have. <laughs> Henry. I'm going up and finish washing. Oh, uh, before you go up. Is there uh, something more wrong with my speech? Well, I'd like to explain that the only reason I criticized your talk was to find out how much you believed in it. Oh. You see, if you don't believe with all your heart and soul that the horse has been more important, then the judges won't believe you. Oh, but I do believe it, Father. Well, I suppose I'm a little sentimental about it. But it isn't just for my sake and for yours that I want to win. It's really for all horses in general. <laughs> Henry, can I speak to you for a minute? Where did you come from, Willie? I just met the Middletown debating team at the station. And boy, have they made a mess of things. How? Well, we're taking the negative of the argument, aren't we? Yeah. Well, so are they. You mean they've taken our side? Yes. Can you imagine a dirty trick like that? How could a thing like that have happened? Well, something seems to have gone wrong with the correspondence. <laughs> Willie, you mean it was really your fault? Henry, I'd like you to see all the correspondence I've handled on this. I bet you'd make one or two minor mistakes yourself. What are you going to do about it? Well, Mr. Bradley, our principal, says our team has to take the other side. The other side? Willie, you mean I have to be a traitor to the horse? We'll return to the Aldrich family in just a moment. What's new? The 53 Plymouth, it's news. The 53 Plymouth, the low-priced field has a brand new star. The truly balanced Plymouth, a new kind of car, a new kind of car. New kind of car is right. The 53 Plymouth is new from the wheels up. A whole new concept of car design. New styling, new beauty, inside and out. A wonderful new ride. Plymouth Announcement Day is this coming Thursday. So plan now to make tracks to your nearby Plymouth dealers Thursday. You'll be thrilled when you see the new Plymouth. Delighted when you get behind the wheel and handle the controls. And here's a tip. Pay particular attention to the new features of the Plymouth. 75 new features in all. Because there's a big Plymouth contest this year with $25,000 in prizes. Just for telling what you like most about this great new beauty. First prize, a sleek, racy 53 Plymouth convertible. Win it and be the envy of the neighborhood. Next five winners get new Plymouth sedans. And there are hundreds of cash prizes. It's fun, easy to enter, and you get full details from your Plymouth dealer. See him Thursday for your entry blank and meet the new 53 Plymouth. And now getting back to the troubles of Henry Aldridge. Well, after working on a debate for 10 days, Henry has just learned that his team has been preparing the wrong side. The scene opens in the high school principal's office. The time is that same evening. But, Mr. Bradley, it isn't fair to the team. It isn't even fair to the audience. Henry, the mistake was made by our manager. The least we can do is take the affirmative and go ahead with the debate. But in the meantime, how about the horse? I think the horse will understand. But, Mr. Bradley, we memorized our speeches word for word. I've even learned a whole eulogy to the horse. 
But I can't just give the whole thing and insert the word steam engine instead of horse, can I? Henry, why do we have debates? Well... In order to develop our faculties for thinking and reasoning. But don't you see, Mr. Bradley, I'm no good at a thing like that. I can't argue. You're doing a pretty good job of it right now. But I'm losing. Yes. <laughs> but you're developing your faculties. Come in. Yes, Lucy. Well, look, Henry, could we ask Mr. Bradley to do this? To do what? Well, why don't both teams agree right at the start that the horse has made the greatest contribution to civilization and then let the judges decide which team is the most sincere? Sure, Mr. Bradley, that would be interesting. No. The Middletown team are our guests, and the least we can do is have a difference of opinion with them. Yes? Mr. Bradley, is the school nurse here? What's the matter, Homer? Well, it's a funny thing, but I have chills and a headache. Chills and a headache? Yes, sir. And my jaws hurt. I think I'm coming down with the mumps. Didn't you have the mumps last fall, Homer? But, Mr. Bradley, I've just been talking with the Middletown team. They don't feel half as keen about the horse as we do. Why don't we be generous and give them the steam engine? Henry and Homer, you have exactly 30 minutes in which to prepare your arguments. Middletown will take the negative. And if Centerville is half the high school I think it is, we shall take the affirmative. more, ladies and gentlemen, members of the faculty, since the Centerville team has just learned at the last moment that it must change sides, it will, so to speak, be swapping horses in the middle of the stream in favor of the steam engine. <laughs> and I suppose that the pitcher of water that rests on this stand is for the affirmative to make steam with and for the negative to give to their horses. <laughs> As the first speaker for the negative, I mean the affirmative, I mean, uh, yes, the affirmative is uh, Homer Brown. The question we have been asked to discuss was, oh boy, I, I mean, Ladies and gentlemen and honorable judges. <laughs> Speaking of man's best friend, the horse, uh, the steam engine, instead of boring you for my full six minutes, I believe I can prove my point in practically less than a minute. Ladies and gentlemen, when a lady who lives in Chicago sees a hat that she wants in New York, how do they get it to her? By horseback? No! The next point I wish to bring to your attention is that little run of a beast, the Eohippus, that was never good for anything at all. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you have heard both sides of the argument and the rebuttal for the negative. The Centerville team did not utilize all of its original time, and I do not know whether any of its members would care to take part in the rebuttal. If so, we will now hear from Henry Aldrich. Mr. Chairman, Centerville High School has several things to say. My worthy opponents have tried to impress on you that if it weren't for the horse, we wouldn't have any steel or iron with which to build steam engines. 
May I ask where they ever got any such idea as that? Horses aren't used in mines. Mules are. The next point. My worthy opponent says that the first cart was pulled by a horse. For his information, a man pulled the first cart. And now they're glad to ride in steam engines and relax. And how did the Middletown team get here this evening? By another steam engine. And another point. My opponents would have you believe that if it hadn't been for Paul Revere's horse, we wouldn't be here in this happy, carefree land. But what was Paul Revere's horse trying to get away from? More horses. It was horses, ladies and gentlemen, that was causing all the trouble. And I ask you, is that what you could call progress? No. No, a thousand times no. The affirmative rests. Ladies and gentlemen, while the judges retire to try to reach their decision, a very difficult decision, I'm sure, the orchestra will entertain us with a number which they had rehearsed before they discovered their own team was to take the affirmative. It is called Light Cavalry Overture. <laughs> Just reached the decision yet? I think they're coming on stage right now. Do you think Henry won? I don't know, Alice. Well, I thought he talked beautifully, and he certainly looked better than any of the boys on the Middletown team. Ladies and gentlemen. Quiet, Alice. Mr. Brad is going to announce the decision. After careful consideration, the judges have voted unanimously in favor of the negative. Which side is the negative, Sam? Middletown. You mean Henry lost? He did. I should like to congratulate not only the winners, but our team as well. In spite of the fact that we lost, never have I heard finer examples of extemporaneous speaking. If I hadn't known to the contrary, I would have said that the last speaker, Henry Aldrich, had prepared his rebuttal in advance. Uh, Mr. Chairman. Uh, yes, Mr. Fontaine. <clears throat> I happen to be one of the judges. Uh, may I ask... Was the negative Middletown? Uh, the negative was Middletown. Well, uh, the manager who gave us our slips of paper to mark the verdict on apparently got things twisted. Regardless of which side they had, the decision went to Centerville. Sam! Sam, we won! Let's go up and shake Henry's hand. I just wish that Ellen Standish's mother could have been here tonight. Hello, Mother. How are you? Let me take your hand. He was. It was because of you, Father, that we got the decision. Well, I was worried for a few minutes, though. I was afraid Middletown would mention the fact that most of the British troops were not on horseback, but on foot. You mean they weren't on horseback? Not so far as I know. Well, gee whiz. Sam, have you seen the morning paper? No, Alice. What's the news? Listen to this. Before a capacity audience last night, Centerville High School defended the negative side of a heated battle in which they were particularly effective in arguing for the affirmative. Henry Aldridge kept the visiting opponents completely baffled to the very end as to whether he favored the colonists or the British. <laughs> Henry.
Henry, is that you in the kitchen? Yes, Father. Henry, are you eating more cookies after cleaning out the cookie jar at Lucy's house? Well, gosh, Father, a fella gets hungry all over again after walking home. Now, Henry. No wonder I'm always hungry. All I ever do is walk. Walk here, walk there. If there's a hidden meaning to this walkie-talkie conversation, please bring it out in the open, because I'm going to bed. Hidden meaning, Father? I think the last time you acquainted me with your walking expeditions, it ended with a sales talk to buy you a car. Oh, you won't have to buy this one, Father. It's free. A Plymouth convertible. First prize in the big Plymouth contest. Well, if I wasn't too young, I'd enter myself. But I figure with my help, you'd be a cinch to win. Oh, please, Henry, not tonight. I'm a bit tired. No, not tonight, Father. The contest doesn't start till Thursday. That's when the new Plymouth comes out. All right. Remind me Thursday, and we'll go down and see the new Plymouth. Now, will you get up to bed? Yes, Father, just as soon as I finish these cookies. Boy, a new Plymouth convertible. The Aldrich Family is transcribed as written by Clifford Goldsmith. Henry is played by Bobby Ellis and Homer by Jack Grimes. Mr. and Mrs. Aldridge are House Jameson and Catherine Roth. Your announcer is Dick Dudley. Good night, everybody. And remember, you have an important date Thursday to meet the new 53 Plymouth. That was Archie from 1948. And now back to the Aldridge family. They mentioned pablum, a brand of infant cereal. You'd mix it with formula or water to make a mush for your baby. This episode is from December 14th, 1952. Henry! Henry Aldrich! Coming, Mother! Yes, it's The Aldrich Family is transcribed, written by Clifford Goldsmith. Adults think they have problems, but a teenager also has his share of them. And if he's a typical American boy like Henry Aldridge, it seems there's no end of problems. One bumps right smack into another one, and the search for solutions is always a desperate one. The scene opens in the Aldridge kitchen. The time is afternoon. Now listen, Homer, let me squeeze the next lemon. Why don't you be getting the sugar out, Henry? I already got it. Come on, it's my turn to run the juicer. Okay. Yes, Mother? Where are you? Um, well, I, Homer and I are just sort of here in the kitchen. I thought you promised Homer's father you'd wash his dog. We are washing it, Mother. In the kitchen? Well, no, Mrs. Aldridge. Smoothie stayed outside for the time being. Sure, we just came in for a drink of water. So you're making lemonade. Well, Mother, you know how warm you get chasing a dog. No, I'm afraid I don't. And you'd better finish that dog before Will Brown comes back. Oh, he's over fixing our furnace, Mrs. Aldridge, with Henry's father. We got all the time in the world. Well, Sam, I must say that I am a little warm. Oh, boy, Homer, is that your father already? We'd better hurry, Henry. Come on out to the kitchen, Will. See what we can find. That sounds good to me. I sure am thirsty. Hello, Father. Hello, boys. You all finished? That's just what we were going to ask you. <laughs> well, I guess I owe you boys 35 cents, huh? 35 cents, Father? Yeah, for washing the dog. Here you are. Well, uh, well, well, you really don't have to pay us right now, Mr. Brown. Oh, here, take it. How does Smoothie look? Boy, she certainly was a sight. <laughs> I'll say she was. 
Where is she? Out and back. Uh, here, Smoothie. Father, wouldn't you like some swell lemonade first? Uh, lemonade? Here, you can have my glass, Mr. Brown. And here, Father, you take Homer's glass. I don't want to deprive you, boys. Oh, gosh, Father, it's no deprivacy at all. Well, thank you. Oh. Yeah, that certainly hits the spot, boys. Thanks a lot. You're welcome, Father. Uh, now I'll go out and back and take a look at Smoothie. Well, first, won't you have another glass of lemonade? Oh, I'd like to see Smoothie. Oh, come on, Will. Let's go in the living room and relax. I'm tired. Well, maybe you're right, Sam. Come to think of it, I'm pretty tired myself. Much obliged for the lemonade, boys. Oh, that's all right, Father. That's the least we could have done for you. Henry, let's hurry up and finish up on Smoothie. Sure. As soon as we make a little lemonade for ourselves. Hey, boy, this is some juicer. With this 35 cents, Henry, how much do we have? $12. Boy, all we need is $3 more and we'll have enough for a down payment on that car we saw. The only trouble is, Homer, how are we going to get three more dollars? Well, why don't we go into business? What kind of business? Well, something we've had experience in. Like washing dogs. You mean for people? Sure. They're the only ones who have money. Gee, Homer, maybe you got something there. You're darn right. It's taken a lot longer to do smoothie than I thought it would. I think we ought to charge 50 cents. Oh, boy, we're all out of lemons, Homer. Only I know what we do have in the icebox. What? And I'd like to try it on the squeezer, too. It's a pineapple. Gee whiz, I sure like pineapple. It's already got the bottom cut off. Stand back now while I put it on here. Hang on, Henry. Look, Homer, look what I got to it. Boy, will we have some drink. The only thing is, Henry... Will we charge the same price to wash a Great Dane as we do a Fox Terrier? Well, naturally, we'll charge different prices for different sizes. Then for thoroughbreds, we'll have to charge a lot extra. Oh, sure. They need a more delicate soap. Homer, do you know what else we ought to squeeze in here? What? <clears throat> Look, in the icebox, here's half a cantaloupe. Why didn't I think of that before? Sure. Now step the motor up first, though, Henry. Here we go, Homer. Henry, look at what you did. Why didn't you jump out of the way? The seeds are all over me. <laughs> no, don't worry about those, Homer. Hey, here, just take a taste of what we've made here. Well, how is it? Boy, I think we've got something. Mmm. Gee whiz, I'll say we have. How about patenting it? Could we patent a thing like this? Well, sure, why not? It's our own personal formula. Every time anybody wants a glass, well, they send us so much money. Whether they like it or not? Sure. How would they know where we live? We'll send them our address. Or maybe we could have our own roadside stand. Let's have a little more of that punch, Henry. Hey, how about a roadside stand? In December, Henry? Come on, Sam. Homer, I thought you said you washed smoothie. Well, we did get her half washed, Father. Well, what's she supposed to do, finish the job herself? <laughs> well, uh, we didn't think we ought to rush her into it, Mr. Brown. She was so warm by the time we caught her, we thought she ought to cool off first. Mm, well, I'll just take back that 35 cents until she does cool off. Well... Homer? Yes, Father. The real reason we haven't finished smoothie is because we had to work out this special drink. Uh, for smoothie? <laughs> Gosh, no, Father, for our roadside stand. What roadside stand? Didn't you know? So we can get enough money to make a down payment on our car. Well, you just forget your roadside stand until next summer. Yeah, but, Father, if we don't get a car, Henry and I will have to walk wherever we go. Good. Suppose you start walking toward that dog. Yes, Father. Homer, what happened to your face? 
Cantaloupe seeds. Well, I'll go with you, Homer, and hold her while you wash her. Well, I better hold her, Henry. She's pretty ticklish. <laughs> well, what harm can it do if the boys run a roadside stand? Uh, I don't know, but instinct tells me no. Well, personally, I like their initiative. They ought to be encouraged. Only well, I don't think the boys need a car, not in the winter anyhow. Don't be absurd, Will. They'll never actually earn enough to get a car. No, but why take a chance? Hey, let's have some more of this lemonade. Here, Will. Well, we'll both have a lot less trouble on our hands if we let them try their luck as yeah. businessmen. And we'll have still less if we don't. Well, here's to us. Here's to us. Ooh, this drink. It's okay, Sam. Let the boys have their roadside stand. They won't get any car. Refreshments, mister? A delicious punch? Ice cold, homemade punch? Boy, there were a lot of people in that car, too. Henry, I'm getting colder by the minute. Well, here, have another glass of punch. Could we warm it up a little first? Hey, Homer, maybe that's the trouble. What is? Maybe we should be featuring our hot dogs. Sure, that's an idea. Boy, if everybody is as cold as I am, I'll try it. Get your hot dogs here. Red hot hot dogs. Hot dogs with mustard. Red hot mustard. Maybe they've got a heater in their car. <laughs> hey, here comes another one. Get your hot, hot dogs, dogs here. here. Red, red, red hot, hot, hot dogs here. With mustard. Red hot. She whiz. He wouldn't even stop. What time do you think it is, Henry? Oh, it isn't so late. Seems like an awful long time since the sun went down. I'm cold. Oh, gee whiz, Homer, we can't quit after investing all our money in this stuff. We got nearly four dollars tied up here. Henry, it stands to reason. If we've only sold 25 cents worth since three this afternoon, we're never going to sell four dollars worth this late. Yeah, but we're paying rent to the guy that owns this stand. We've got to get full use out of it. Now I know why we got it so cheap. <laughs> hey, here comes a car. Refreshments, mister? Hot dogs? Peanut butter sandwiches? Henry, do you suppose our location has anything to do with it? Our location? Well, maybe it isn't good to be on a curve that's on the side of a hill. <laughs> People get hungry on curves. Well, a fellow that owns this place couldn't even sell gas. Hey, here comes another car. I'll stop it. Hey, mister, refreshments, sandwiches, hot dogs for a cold day? Henry, he's stopping. He's stopping. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Yes, sir. Two quarts of oil. Oil? <laughs> and I'm sorry, but we don't carry oil. What you got those signs up for? Oh, those are from another guy. He went broke. Looks as though you're going to do all right, too. Thanks. <laughs> How about a delicious drink? Yeah, that sounds good. Nice hot cup of coffee sure would warm me up. We haven't got coffee. What have you got? Ice cold punch. Ice cold punch? On a night like this? It's got pineapple and cantaloupe and strawberries and... Gee whiz, he didn't even say goodbye. <laughs> Anyhow, he stopped. That's encouraging. Let's drink a little more punch. You drink it. I don't want any more. I'm all goose pimples. You gotta eat something, Homer, to keep up your strength. Henry, maybe we shouldn't have told our folks we wouldn't be home for dinner tonight. Homer, somebody stop. Hey! Got any hot dogs? Yes, sir. Let's have five to take out to the car. Yes, sir. Five. Homer, where'd you go? Homer? Yeah, what do you have, Henry? Make it five. Yes, sir. Coming up. Five what? <laughs> hot dogs. 
didn't I tell you, Homer? It was just a case of sticking to it. Uh, will it take very long, Mac? No, sir. You'll have them right away. Homer, which bag are they in? Haven't you got them on the fire? We ate all we cooked. <laughs> but it won't take any time at all, sir. All we have to do is build a fire. Build a fire? <laughs> Homer, go out and find some kindling. Never mind, Mac. Can't you wait? I've got to make the coast by Wednesday. <laughs> I know, but wait. How about some peanut butter sandwiches? Or some delicious new punch? We're farther away from getting our car than we ever were. Well, all I can say, Homer, is I don't like your talking as though what we're doing is a mistake. All I can tell you, Henry, is how things look to me. All right, then, all right. Now I suppose you want to quit. Just when people are beginning to stop. Sure. I'm going home. And I'm taking my share of the hot dogs, too. Okay, Homer. I expected it all the time. Gee whiz, what's that? It's a car. Is it a customer? Hello there. What can we do for you? How far is it to the next town? Centerville's in back of you. Yeah, I know. We just came from there. Isn't a room left in town? Joseph, let's drive on. I don't like talking to strange men oh. on the road. Oh, we're not men. Huh. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Joseph, he's drawing a gun. This isn't a gun, it's a hot dog. Billy, be yourself. You boys don't have any cabins here, do you? No, sir. Well, I'm not going any further tonight. Would you like to sleep here in our road stand? Does it have heat and running water? Well, no, not exactly. Do you know of any place we could get a room? I'd pay anything in reason. Hey? Would it have to be a hotel? Any place at all, just so long as it has some beds. Well, of course you could stay at my house. We could? They could, Henry? Are there just the two of you? Uh, well, there's my husband here. And our two grandchildren asleep in the back seat. Well, how much do you charge a night? Well... Alice, you asleep yet? What is it, Sam? Is Henry in? No, dear, I've been listening for him. Well, he'll be along. Dear, I'm worried to death. They're out there on that main highway all alone, and it's cold. They'll take care of themselves, all right. Oh, they didn't even come home for dinner. They probably ate their own hot dogs and enjoyed them. Listen, Sam. Isn't that a car stopping in front of the house? Probably somebody bringing Henry home. Well, it may be my imagination, but it sounds as if there were five or six getting out of that car. Now, Alice, there aren't five or six getting out of it. Henry and Homer are... Probably unloading the dishes he borrowed. Was that the front door I just heard? I hope so. Either that or the furnace exploding. <laughs> Henry? Henry? What is it, Mother? Be sure to lock the door, dear. I have locked it. And, Father, can I ask you something? Not tonight, Henry. It's time to go to bed. But it won't take more than a second. How was business, son? Well, not very good at the beginning, but let me tell you how we ended up. I'm glad you did so well, but not tonight. Yeah, but, Mother, just let me tell you... Henry, it... your father and I both want to get to sleep. You don't think you'd be even slightly interested? Please close the door. Yes, Father, but I just want to say that business is very good. Don't get up too early, dear. No, Mother. Mister. Oh, Mister, are you down there? How about these suitcases, young man? Just a minute, I'll be right down. My folks seem to have gone to bed. What time do you serve breakfast? <laughs> oh, gee whiz. Just come down any time you like. 
What are you doing up so early? Father, I've been thinking about something all night. I've got an idea. Roadside stand business? Well, that's sort of what I want to talk to you about. Father, why don't we take in rumors? Yeah, rumors? <laughs> Homer, what would we do with rumors? Let them sleep. There's big money in it. There is? Sure. Henry Aldridge made $5 last night. He took home four guests. He did? And now he's going to charge them 25 cents each for breakfast. Uh, do his folks know about it? Well, not yet, I don't think. Uh, Homer, you don't mean to say that Sam Aldridge is going to wake up this morning and find four strange people in his house. Sure. Won't he be surprised to get all that money? <laughs> oh, this is too good to miss. Hey, Homer. Where are you, Henry? Out on the front porch. Come out of the town with me. What for? Well, before my folks get up, I've got to get some oranges, eggs, and pablum. Well, now getting back to the troubles of Henry Aldrich. Henry and his friend Homer have gone into the roadside stand business. On their first night at work, a party of four came along looking for rooms. And Henry, the complete businessman, took them to his house, only to find his parents had retired. The scene opens in the Aldrich dining room, the time the next morning. Sam! Sam! I'm all ready for breakfast, Alice. Is Henry up? Well, I thought he was down here. He isn't in his room. Oh, I certainly hope he hasn't gone back to his road stand. Now, Alice, stop worrying. There's nothing wrong with Henry having spunk enough to go out and try to earn a little money. Well, I know, Frankly, but... I like to see it, and we ought to do everything we can to encourage it. Oh, perhaps you're right, Sam. Dear, what's that car doing out in front? What car? The one with the Illinois license on it. Oh. Apparently the Kilmer's next door having guests. Why don't they park in front of their own house? Well, now, sit down and drink your orange juice. I'll go out and get your eggs started. Where's my paper? Right there on the table. Oh, yes. Yes. Sam, listen, isn't that Henry walking around upstairs? It couldn't be. Well, it certainly can't be Mary. She's away, dear. Then you don't hear any footsteps. It's your imagination. I heard Henry come down half an hour ago. And, Sam, where do you suppose all those things on the kitchen table came from? What things? A dozen oranges, two dozen eggs, and a box of pablum. Didn't you order them from the store? Pablum? Of course I didn't. Well, the grocer probably made a mistake. <laughs> well, here's an embarrassing situation some fellow walked into. Uh, did you read about it in the paper? No, what is it? He lives in one of those real estate developments where all the houses look alike. And he came home the other night and went to bed, and when he got up the next morning, he found he'd slept in the wrong house. Imagine, imagine a thing like that. <laughs> not only that, he slept in the wrong pajamas. Oh? And not only Sam. that... Sam! <laughs> Here are your eggs and coffee. Dear, if you want anything more, I'll be out in the kitchen. Thank you, dear. Ah, good morning. Is this the dining room in here? <laughs> I beg your pardon? What state are you from? What state? No, yeah, I'm from Illinois. Name is Jackson. Uh, say, how are the meals here? <laughs> Why, well, I've never heard any complaints. Well, I hope they're better than the beds, that's for sure. How did you sleep last night? Fairly well. You, um, you, uh, know someone here at this house? No, not a soul. We're total strangers here. <laughs> we? How many of you are there? Uh, my wife and myself and two grandchildren. We were going to bring their Aunt Molly, too, but she got sick at the last minute. <laughs> it's her old trouble. The way that woman's ankles swell up. 
I'm uh, sorry to hear it. Say, uh, how do you get service around here? If there's one thing I don't like to do, it's wait. Sam, it is not necessary for you to tap on a glass when you want something. All you have to do is... Good morning, ma'am. Morning. One order of buckwheat cakes. <laughs> buckwheat cakes? With syrup. And send up two soft-boiled eggs to my wife. Sam. Alice, this gentleman is from Illinois. <laughs> Very nice, I'm sure. Uh, the children are coming down later. Oh, dear. If you'll excuse me, I'll go back to the kitchen. Not a bad looker, that's for sure. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I think so, too. Joseph, are you downstairs? What do you want, Millie? Come here a minute. Okay. <laughs> hey, if, uh, if anybody tries to take my place here, tell them it's took, will you? Why don't you just tip your chair up? Ah, good idea. Uh, when you're through with that newspaper, save it for me, will you? Yes, I will. Alice! Alice! Yes, dear. Alice, are we in the right house? Sam, who is that? <laughs> who is that man? Where did you meet him? I don't know any more about him than you do. Personally, I'd say the fellow was lost and doesn't know it. Where is he now? Upstairs. He thinks there are grandchildren up there. Oh, my goodness. And you're sitting there letting an insane man wander around the house without doing anything? What would you suggest I do? Put him out, dear. Oh, that's all there is to it? Well, perhaps he's suffering from amnesia. You don't have to speak sharply to him. Just lead him gently to the door and tell him to go. The only thing is supposing he resents it. Well, if you speak to him carefully, he won't. Shh, he's coming back downstairs. You better step into the kitchen. Yes, dear, only be careful, Sam. My griddle cake's here yet? Well, no, they aren't. Uh, <laughs> frankly, this service here is very poor. If I were you, I'd... Uh... Take my family and try the mansion house downtown. The front door is right out that way. Where can we get a doctor? A doctor? Yeah, for the grandchildren. Oh, yes, the grandchildren. Hey, where in the heck are my griddle cakes? I'll try to get them for you. Yes? Are you calling me? One order of griddle cakes, and when you have time, please call a doctor. A doctor? That's right, a doctor and griddle cakes. That's what Mr. Jackson wants, and we do want to keep him happy. That's for sure. Sam, have you any idea where Henry might have gone when he left the house this morning? No, and if he knows what's good for him, he won't come home. Has the doctor come yet? He's upstairs now, and Mr. Jackson is out on the porch. Why don't you ask him what time he's leaving? I did. Sometime before dinner. Until then, we'll simply have to bear with them. Sam, here comes another car. It's stopping right in front of the house. If Henry has sent any more people here... Oh, it's only Will Brown. Oh, if he asks for me, I don't want to see him. We'll never hear the end of this. Uh, good morning. Do the Aldridges live here? Yes, sir. Only I don't know whether they have any more rooms or not. Open up, Sam. I know you're in there. <laughs> oh, hello, Sam. Alice, <laughs> just thought I'd come over and see how business is. <laughs> well, business is fine, thank mm -hmm. you. Mighty nice place you've got. It's all right for a visit, but I wouldn't care to live here. Now, look here, Will. Where do I register? Will, have you seen Henry or Homer? <laughs> well, not for the last hour. What were they doing when you did see them? Uh, talking about going down to the railroad station and meeting the incoming trains. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Who can that be? Probably an inquiry about rates. Hello? Yeah? What? No. Absolutely no. Yes, that's right. And if Henry's there, please tell him to come home. 
Oh, he left some time ago? Very well. Goodbye. Sam, you shouldn't turn any guests down like that. It isn't the way to build goodwill. That wasn't a guest, Will. It was Mr. Sparrow. He called about a car the boys are trying to, to buy on time payments. They still want to get that old car? Oh, no, not anymore. Mr. Sparrow says that now they're interested in a station wagon. They need it for their business. Well, why not let them get it, Sam? Didn't you say I like their initiative? They ought to be encouraged. Listen, Will, I've taken quite enough from you. Sam! The doctor wants to see you. He wants to see me? Yes, dear. Oh, you've got a doctor staying here, too. <laughs> dear, don't even speak to Will. You look upset, Alice. What's the matter? I am upset. Do you know what the doctor thinks? The two grandchildren have the measles. Uh, uh, measles? Uh, well, I guess I'll be running along. Will, do you know what that means? We'll be cooped up with that whole family for nearly three weeks. Father, father. Uh, is father here, Mr. Brown? Uh, he's upstairs, Henry. If I were you, I wouldn't go up. He's with a doctor. What's that? Alice? Yes, Sam? The doctor wants to see you next. Oh, dear, what is it now? Gee, Father, I hope nothing's wrong. Did Mr. Sparrow call? He did. Did you tell him he'd vouch for my credit? I certainly did not. But, Father, we're making money hand over fist. Henry, do you realize that those guests you brought home may be quarantined here? Oh, boy, at the regular rates? <laughs> Henry, what is it you want? A credit reference with Mr. Sparrow? Yes, sir. Well, anybody as enterprising as you deserves one. You mean you'll help us, Mr. Brown? I'd be glad to. Well, Brown. Oh, boy. <laughs> so long, Sam. <laughs> what harm going to do if we help the boys? Wasn't that what you said, Sam? Sam, the doctor says that what the children have is one of two things. Something worse than the measles? No, he says it might just possibly be a strawberry rash. The only trouble is Mrs. Jackson doesn't remember giving the children any strawberries yesterday. Sure, Mother, they had strawberries yesterday. When? In the punch. Well, my goodness, Henry. Is there anything you and Homer didn't put in that punch? <laughs> well, not that I can think of offhand. Oh, then it is a rash, and Sam just think we won't be quarantined. Oh, the house is our own again. Oh, Mr. Aldridge. Yes, Mrs. Jackson? I just wanted to say that if we find it is due to strawberries, we'll be leaving the first thing in the morning. You mean you're staying another... Henry! Yes, Mother? Come out in the kitchen right this minute. Yeah, I'll be right there. Will it take long? Homer and I are supposed to meet the bus from Chicago. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Mr. Aldrich, I want you to know that we're going to tell everybody about your lovely roadhouse. Well, uh, Mrs. Jackson, I'm afraid that all of our rooms for tonight are taken. You mean you're all filled up? Yep. We can't stay? I can't tell you how disappointed I am, but there's another place in town that I can recommend. The rooms are even more comfortable than ours. Oh, where is it? And as soon as you're packed, I'll show you the way over there. Now, if you'll excuse me, Well, please. that's very nice of you. Operator, get me Centerville 631. Yes, please. I'll go right up and get past. Splendid. Henry, I want to have a talk with you. Sam, are you really going to let Henry buy a station wagon on credit? Over my dead body. Hello, is this the Artcraft Sign Company? I'd like to order a small sign, Rush. It's to read, Rooms for Rent, Tourists Welcome. Got that? Fine. And take it over and stick it on the front lawn of Will Brown's house. <laughs> Father, if you don't want to take in any more rumors, would you at least be willing to let me build some cabins? Where? Out in the yard. Henry, you may not build any cabins in our yard. Gee whiz, Father, with all my ideas for making money, you just discourage me. On the contrary, Henry, I'm going to let you make some money. 
How, Father? From now on, for every idea you get, I'll pay you one dollar not to use it. <laughs> the Aldridge Family is transcribed as written by Clifford Goldsmith. Henry is played by Bobby Ellis and Homer by Jack Grimes. Mr. and Mrs. Aldridge are House Jameson and Catherine Roth. Your announcer is Dick Dudley. Listen again next week, same time, same station, for another sparkling half hour with the Aldridge family. Good night, everybody. 